When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome. You're listening to the Golf Under Par podcast. As the title suggests, on the Gov, we talk about all things relating to golf performance, so you can golf under par. While listening, you'll hear discussion on all facets of golf, physical, mental, and whatever else will make you a better golfer. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy McCullough. I'm a golfer myself, as well as a physical therapist and strength coach. Let's take this journey together to golf under par. Thank you for listening. Now let's dive in. Welcome to the Golf Under Par podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy McCullough, here with a very special guest, Rick Sessinghouse. All right. If you heard that name, you may have recognized it from the most current, uh, the Open champion, uh, Colin Morikawa. So he's swing, swing instructor and mental coach for him, but he's got a, a, quite the background in, as a PGA pro. He's written a book, uh, Golf the Ultimate Mind Game. He's also got a doctorate in applied sports psychology. So we've got a Awesome resource for us here on the, on the podcast. And thank you so much for being here, Rick, and welcome to the show. Well, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I always start off with asking everybody, uh, what got you into golf? Yeah, interesting story. I played a ton of other sports. I had a friend of mine uh, when I was about 12 years old say, hey, you want to go play golf? I said, are you kidding me? What's, that doesn't look like a sport. Come on. Good. And so very long story short, uh, I was hooked out that first nine holes where I shot, I don't know, a million uh, and thought, hey, this should be easier than this. Um, so I was just brought in by the challenge of it and started playing a little bit on the side as I played my other sports. And as I progressed through high school and got really got the bug when I was about 16 or 17 and then played the Division I college golf at Cal State Northridge and just fell in love with it. That's awesome. Yeah, yep, it's amazing how everybody gets a little bit different story, but it all turns, turns into being the same of, oh, whether I hit that perfect shot or I, this shouldn't be this hard or... Or whatever it may be. So awesome. So I wanted to get these questions out of the way because I've got to ask them um, regarding the open and it had to be an awesome experience for for you and for Colin uh, to get out there for, you know, his first time at least and, uh, and coming out with coming back with the Claret Jug. So why don't you just, how was, how was that experience for you, the two of you guys, especially with it being kind of a funky year too? Yeah, I, I think, unfortunately, uh, I did not travel uh, just due to some travel restrictions and some very weird rules over there. Um, and so we did our prep before he left for the Scottish Open and for the Open Championship. Uh, we did it out in Las, in Las Vegas, where he lives, and worked with his caddy and worked with his fitness coach and, and um, you know, just getting him ready. And I think it's all about preparation and knowing that you know, it's, it's hard to have Lynx golf in Las Vegas. Uh, but we started prepping for um, different iron shots that he might want to hit bump and run stuff like that. But he loves to learn. So after I spoke with him at the, the Scottish Open, we check in every other day. Uh, and then he learned a lot from that first week of the Scottish Open uh, did not play particularly well up to his standards, but was always in like, wow, I can't wait to get to the Open Championship. And the first couple practice rounds, you know, he had already made some adjustments with his equipment. 
He um, was creating a game plan with his, he has a great caddy, JJ. And um, so I knew Tuesday night after he had his second practice round that he was all systems go. And that's kind of what we do. We prep the same every week, no matter if it's a major or if it's a regular PGA tour event. And to see that he went from this, oh, I can't wait to play. And then it first solid round. And then his Friday round, second round was really good. And he's going up the leaderboard. And so it just was more of, he loves to be in contention. That's one of his goals every single week and new experiences actually help him. It keeps him very focused. And a lot of the creativity that he has is brought on by a course like that. So I, I knew that he was playing well. Uh, I can't guarantee he was going to win, but I did know that he was in a great mindset. He was hitting the ball well. And I think after having some really solid preparation, he was, uh, he was ready to ready to contend obviously not only did he contend, but he won. And I was so proud of how he handled that final round. Uh, obviously no bogeys. He had just a couple stray shots, got up and down uh, and just stayed composed and stayed focused and calm throughout the whole time. So it was uh, obviously a thrill. I was fortunate enough to uh, see him a few days after and, and see the Clara jug and hold it and, and stuff. So we celebrated and uh, again, very, very proud of, uh, of that win. Yeah, that's awesome. So there's a couple of things in there you kind of you kind of touched on. And I was curious of, of asking you about with regards to the equipment change for one. Um, it, from my understanding, it was something that he 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 felt, or is it something that you saw um, with regards to the Scottish Open that led to that? Or sure. So it, Scottish Open that leads into the first day at the Open Championship is uh, his irons. He was hitting, uh, we'll say, a groove low on, on the club. At first, in his head, he's thinking it's a technical thing. Yeah. Um, and it could be, right? But so the first thing is, oh, it's technical. Hey, Rick, ball's not coming off the face how I want to. It's not feeling like that way. He talks to JJ. We, we kind of, and I think he tried to overcompensate through technical side at the Scottish, right? You may, maybe change your ball position, change angle of attack, and you try to get it to feel like it normally does. Yeah. Didn't quite work. So now that Monday of the Open Championship, he works with um, TaylorMade's uh, guys, and says, hey, there's something going on here. And so they found that if they changed this particular uh, club head a little bit, that the bounce was going to be a little bit different and that his turf conditions and how it went in changed. And then it was boom. It was like how he wanted it. So he changed three clubs in there, uh, seven, eight, nine. And that gave him now the confidence to go, wait, good. I don't have to change my swing, but how that club enters these firm, firm fairways uh, could be just an equipment thing. So he's very good at being curious and very good at making those adjustments. And TaylorMade was there to, to help him out with that. Yeah. So I mean, that was exactly what I was curious as to, you know, where do you go with swing mechanics versus equipment changes and stuff like that? And I feel like that's be hard to kind of tease out sometimes, you know, especially with yeah, I mean, I that kind of level. When, yeah. And when I asked him the question, he goes, my swing's feeling good. And if I see it on video and, you know, he's, he's in the Scottish Open, he was a featured group. So I'm seeing it on a good angle on TV, I go, it looks fine to me. And he yes. goes, I know it feels good. So we kind of put that to the side a little bit. And then we had to think about, again, turf conditions and, and how the club enters. And we've had this issue a little bit uh, one other time on the PGA Tour when he played the RBC in um, South Carolina. The first time around, it was played in the pandemic and was played a month or so later than it normally does. And the overseed had burned out and it was a firmer fairway. So We'd been kind of down that road before. And so he kind of remembered that and said, hmm, let's try this. And again, he's very open to making these changes. And that's how that all came about. 
that's pretty cool. Um, and what kind of advice, I mean, you mentioned you guys practice a little bit of the bump and run and stuff like that in Vegas and just kind of going through some of the scenarios you might encounter. Uh, but you give any other advice for him, whether that was going into uh, playing links, link style golf or going into Sunday being, you know, contention at a, at a, one of the biggest tournaments in the, in the world. Sure. Yeah. Part of the preparation for him is, is he hitting his windows from a trajectory standpoint? And uh, you prep for a lot of wind, even though there really wasn't that much at Royal St. George's, uh, but you prep for windows, right? So he needed to control his ball flight from a trajectory standpoint. So that's something that we can work on in Las Vegas. He had already become accustomed using a five wood around the greens and shipping with the five wood. That's something he'd been working on for six, seven, eight months now. Um, so those things you're just refining. But I think part of the mindset of playing Lynx golf is understanding you're going to get some bad bounces. You're going to get some things that don't make sense and they're going to get you frustrated. Yeah. Let's be ready for that ahead of time. And he looked at it as just a challenge, which he always does is, hey, this is going to be challenging. I may get a bad bounce. Okay, I'll deal with it. I'm going to pop bunker. Okay, I'm going to chip out, right? So he was already open to some of the uncertainty that Lynx Golf has. So that's the mindset part, but there was some physical prep going into it. And I think at the final round, I honestly didn't give him much advice. It's kind of keep doing what you're doing, right? right. And him, he had committed with his caddy and one of our goals was for him to commit to every golf shot. And part of that was to communicate very clearly with his caddy, JJ. And that was picked up a little bit. If you heard, um, there's some, some good mic microphones uh, on those two making decisions and how clear they were with start lines, how clear they were with how they wanted the shot. That's a must. And that helps um, his creativity, but it helps his clarity which now leads to confidence. And if you go into that routine, I know we say, oh, do your pre-shot routine, but when you really do it to that level, I mean, it, it's crystal clear. And he's stuck with his routine all the way through to the last hole. Yeah, and that was that was apparent. And so you had mentioned the process, you know, just kind of your your regular process for a week. Is is that something you've kind of instilled into him or is that something he's, he's, he's pushed as well or? Uh, well, since we've been working together for so long, now 16 years, We've gone through junior golf, college golf, amateur golf, pro, pro, professional golf. We have found out what works best for us, coach and student. Um, Colin does not need a lot of handholding. Okay, he's a low maintenance student, um, and part of that is I think we know what he knows what questions I'm going to ask. I kind of know what questions he's going to ask before we even ask him. Yeah. So we can refine things quite quickly, and we may have a five minute call that gets all what we need done and some of it is checking off things with swing certainly but uh he has full trust in himself and his caddy and us to create a game plan moving forward for the day for the week um, whether i'm there or not is sometimes irrelevant if we have the same thing on a monday tuesday wednesday so thursday he's ready to go so some of that has been refined throughout the years certainly um we have a big belief that every week is an opportunity to win we don't change anything because we call it the open championship or we call it anything. Might as well keep doing what's working um, and not put any, oh, it's so important. I better do something different and try harder it's like that. That actually defeats the purpose of the routine. All right. So with that, I feel like you have to have kind of, uh, you know, in order to, um, what's the word I'm looking at? In order to maintain that kind of, that kind of mindset of, okay, this isn't any more important than last week or next week's not any more important than this week, kind of a thing, kind of have to practice that on a, on a regular basis. Is there a way that you guys 
I guess, incorporate that into maybe daily life or, or, or in your practice rounds or, or something along those lines? Sure. Yeah. I think if we go big picture, um, you know, I work with a lot of very, very good players, uh, junior golfers, college golfers, professional, and it's a pet peeve of mine when somebody says this is a more important event than last week. Um, I'm looking at it as every single day is an opportunity to play great golf. You might as well just keep doing the same thing. So that's my overarching kind of principle. Why why try less on one week and try harder on another week? To me, that's creating bad habits anyways. Um, but back to like preparation is there's things in the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that we do to sharpen his focus, um, get his plan ready to go. We, we do some games uh, with short game. We have things with, we understand his numbers through TrackMan. Uh, and I'm, what I mean by numbers, it's distances, not path numbers or club face numbers. We're not into that. We're into, okay, how far is the ball flying? We know that. Check. Boom. Uh, we know on this fourth hole, we're going to hit three wood instead of driver. If the wind's here, check. Boom. The preparation stays the same with the same intensity. Uh, that way you can go to that Thursday first round and feel the same. All right. So it all starts with preparation. So let's get into a little bit more about kind of, uh, ways that you guys, you know, attack the mindset or attack the swing and, and, and blending all these, all these different things. Cause obviously as a swing coach and, and the mental coach for, for tour pro, you, you gotta, you gotta have that good balance and then figuring out what am I working on right now? And how are we, how are we, what's the most important thing for him? Right. Sure. Um, I mean, that, that's the goes for any golfer, I guess, that you're going to be working with on both of those for you. But so where does your, let's start with your approach to kind of the mental side of the game. Where does that lie and things that you know, maybe the daily, the average golfer can kind of incorporate into them, into their training to, to improve their performance? Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, I'm going to use a golf swing analogy first, though, right? We work so hard on the range to get this perfect swing, to get this ball to do what we want it to do. And there's a very cause and effect relationship. The club face tells the ball what to do. And then we, don't. but there's a mindset and a state that we're in as we're swinging it that I think is as important. And so how are we training that state? And, and I call it a flow state or some people call it zone is all of the golfers that are listening. You've played, I don't care if it's three holes, nine holes or 18. You've played a great round of golf going, man, that was easy, man. I was focused. It was relaxed. It was calm. You've tapped into that. From a mindset perspective, I believe that's trainable, okay? And some of that is trainable that flow follows focus. What am I paying attention to in this moment? Most people are distracted. They're either thinking about the future or they're still beating themselves up of the past. And they're not paying attention to what's relevant. Um, asking questions is, I believe, a tool and a skill. So a question could be, how is this lie going to affect this ball flight? Where's the wind coming from? How firm is this green? Um, what is the slope playing right now? Those are all present-based questions. And you ask enough of them, you'll have a, probably a pretty clear understanding of the present shot. Most people say they have a pre-shot routine and it looks like one practice swing, get into it and hit. But I ask them about, there's a mental component to this about making decisions and focusing on what's relevant and visualizing a successful shot. And they go, oh, I kind of do that sometimes. I go, how is that a routine then? Okay. So I'm not saying you have to do exactly like Colin or some of my other great players. You need to find out when you're playing your best, what are you doing in that pre-shot routine? And you do need to pay attention to the relevant information, 
you do need to analyze it. You do need to play to your strengths. You want to see a great shot. Maybe a practice swing is important to feel it. But we want to be fully committed to that shot. That's the mindset part of this. Are you committed to the shot? It's a yes or no, not a maybe. Okay. If you're committed, then great. As a mindset coach, I've done my job. Awesome. Yeah. And if the ball doesn't go where you want it to go, it's a physical thing. Okay. Then the swing coach hat comes on with me to understand what's the cause and effect of what that ball does. But if I'm frustrated, if I have doubt, if I have fear over the ball, I guarantee your golf swing will be different than when you're confident and calm. So I got to get the state to be where we want it before you pull the club back. That's the mindset part of it. Okay. Routines are a great way to do that. Ask better questions. It doesn't mean the pre-shot routine has to take a long time, by the way. My routine is probably quite short because I played so much golf. I can look at the scenario real quickly, make a decision and go. It's just making sure you're focusing for 20, 30 seconds and not being still beating ourselves up for the three putt we just had, or, Oh, three holes from now is reachable par five. Maybe I'll get a birdie there. That's irrelevant to the present shot. So focus is a key part of this. All right. So, so then what is the, I guess, you mentioned asking the questions that kind of get you to pay attention and kind of starts, starts that focus there. And, and then I guess, what is the um, best way to kind of maybe practice that flow state more? So you, can you practice it off the course? Can you practice it? You, you practicing that during each uh, practice shot on the range? Like certainly. Yeah. Flow state um, is trainable in life. So when we want things in life, to have that sense of peak performance, it still requires us to be focused in life. It requires us to be focused behind the wheel uh, of a car. It, it, it's focused in our work. It's a focused in how I communicate to my family. That's all attention in the present moment. That's yeah. a skill. And in this day and age where we have our smartphones and everything that are distract, 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 you bringing yourself back to the present moment is a superpower, okay? So that is something that we want to do intentionally as we wake up is what am I focusing on for this next 30 minutes block of time? It could be, a, you know, prepping something for business. It could be having breakfast with your kids. Being present is the skill. So then that can bleed into the golf course, obviously. We're very distracted on that. So there are ways through mindfulness, uh, meditation, gratitude journals. Um, there's things that we can do to pay more attention to what we're thinking, what we're feeling, but there's an intention behind it. I am going to be focused on this next five minutes uh, spot. Yep. Intention. I, I talk about that all the time um, with fitness world and, and whatnot and training. It's like, well, what, what's your purpose behind doing this lift or, or an exercise drill? And well, if that is the purpose, you want to be fully intent on gaining that purpose. And so intention comes into very important, particularly with like developing speed uh, and whatnot, but exactly. all right. So we always, that's, that's the big thing is you got to be intent on, on what you're doing, the reasoning behind it. Right. So do, are there any kind of specific questions or um, even like maybe a process that you kind of help to kind of guide that into that focus, or is it just like relevant to each shot? Right. So each shot is, is unique and you always ask present-based questions first that is about um, gathering data, right? So that's part of awareness. Awareness is a broad external focus. 
I am paying attention to my lie, the wind, the slope, the firmness of the green, hole location, hazards, all of that's relevant information. And then I'm asking questions, as I, I mentioned before, is how is this lie potentially going to affect ball flight? I have a lot of people say, tell me about this lie. And they say, it's a bad lie. I go, why? That's irrelevant. <laughs> the ball's sitting down in a divot. Tell me what you're going to do about it. Yeah. But they want to keep complaining about it's in a divot. I say, deal with it. Am I going to put ball back in stance? Is the ball going to come out low? Those questions now get me more problem solving than opinion and judgmental and those type of things. So ask enough of the questions of aware of your environment first. Then you're analyzing it based on your strengths, everybody. Not what Colin does with the seven iron, but what you do with the seven iron. Know your strengths, know your patterns of shots. And that helps you pick the appropriate target line, the appropriate club. And then we certainly can ask questions like, what does a good shot look like here? Uh, which is a visualization based uh, question. And then for some people, what does a good shot feel like here where a practice swing could be a key part of their pre-shot routine. But ultimately when we're over the ball, we would wanna be back engaged to our target and having a clear intention of what we want. And then that becomes my program to, to go and get it. Yeah, okay. And so and then I guess just the repetition of that during, you know, practicing that focus, practicing the questions of, you know, gathering the data, the problem solving, the, um, you know, what, what it would be the ideal response in these situations, whether that's visualizing the shot or, or the feel of that shot, getting that feel um, with time kind of help develop the, we'll say mental toughness to whatever situation that may, may arise as long as you're, I guess, logically kind of thinking through, through, through some of these questions, right? Well, sure. In the logical part, the analytical mind is important in golf. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've been, some mental game coaches think mental game is about not thinking. Right. There's a lot of thinking going on out there. It's when you turn it off, that is actually the, what they're trying to address is that you don't think when you're executing. Well, that happens in a second and a half. I think there's a lot of thinking that happens beforehand that is relevant, that is important in golf, decision-making and strategy and those type of things. Um, so I don't gloss it over and say you shouldn't be thinking on the golf course. In fact, how you think is going to be important. And then you have so full a commitment of what you want that you can now be an athlete and react to a target. That would be ideal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so let's get into, um, you know, performing on, under, under that stress or pressure, you know, maybe some of these, some of the listeners are, are a, you know, wanting to win their, member member or something along those lines you know be a club champion kind of a thing and stress of that or maybe even they're just playing for the 20 bucks right uh and, and whatnot for the round where with that process i assume is what you're going to say is is the best best thing it's going through that same process of of preparation or in, and going through your we'll say routine uh your questions and whatnot but any other kind of tips recommendations there for for that yeah, I mean, yes, I can say just do the routine. The issue, though, is people's perception of the shot or perception of the tournament is really what we need to address. Okay. Pressure is self-inflicted, okay? What feels pressure for you and me is different than Colin, okay? And different than the person that is in their first member guest being in, um, invited by their friend at this uh, country club they've never played with, and they feel very uncomfortable. It's still golf but the external environment now has created interference and distractions. 
that happens. I get it. But I think people, they put the event and they blow it up out of proportion. Oh my gosh, this is so important. Or, oh my gosh, I don't want to embarrass myself. Or, and it, it becomes more than just a, a golf tournament or a golf round. So please be careful how you're interpreting the event that you're going to be in. And so we just, and it doesn't always have to be positive, but it's like, look at it as like, wow, I get to go play this great country club. Wow. That's, I'm grateful. That's cool. That's a great place to be, right? Not, I have to shoot a certain score or this has to happen or, and then we get all our expectations thrown in and stuff like that. That's where the mind now gets distracted and certainly gets away from the task oriented stuff that we've already talked about with their process. So my first thing is let's define the event in a way that is neutral or positive and that we use that, I ask all the time, is ner being nervous good or bad in golf? And the short answer is depends because I could be nervous and, and that could lead to anxiety and fear of what I don't want or nervousness could be excitement and anticipation of what I want. Let's just redefine what it is and your body will change a little bit. Um, and that's just part of it is we're having a thought that creates a reaction in my body. The body now feels different and I don't like this and my heart's pumping. Okay. So part of this, the meaning, we certainly can add breathing. We can add other things physiologically to reduce some of the spikes that happen. Um, and yes, we can do our routine, but it happens well before that first pre-shot routine of what feeling pressure is all about. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, the way we brought this up, every every opportunity to go out and play golf is an opportunity to play great golf. Is what something along those lines is what you said, and uh, yeah, that, you know, if you think about it that way, every single time it's just hey, I get a chance to go play play a great game, and I get to play, I get a chance to play great as well. Uh, so I like that thought process there. Um, well, we've we've glossed over pretty much every question that I had. I had a bunch of different questions, but going through this, talking about the process and, and whatnot. Um, Let's, uh, let's just touch on a little bit more of maybe some of those techniques you mentioned. You, you mentioned some of the breathing uh, and obviously having that, we say, mindset change of every opportunity is just another opportunity to be grateful or find a different avenue to try to reduce some of that stress. Um, you know, I think of playing through on, on somebody like, hey, yeah, you can go and play through and you're just like, crap. And of course, <laughs> there comes the big slice and I'm out of balance. And it's like, yeah, thank you for letting me play through. Um, and so maybe we can touch on, on, on instances of that where, okay, what are, what are some of those little techniques that we can maybe incorporate, uh, outside of, you know, changing the whole mindset, Hey, I get to play golf. I get to. Yeah. I, I think something that's been popularized, popularized in the last uh, few years, something called growth mindset, a great book called mindset by Carol Dweck and understanding that, you know, golf is a very vulnerable game. You're an individual. Okay. And it's very cause and effect. You're the one hitting the shot. You get the score. All that stuff is both good and bad. And if we look at it just as critical, like that's a bad shot. I did it. I'm a bad player, right? We can go down a, a really dark road. Um, so I think the growth mindset of always learning from shots is a much better mindset to go with than being critical and judgmental and stuff. So every opportunity like, oh, I wonder why that ball went left yeah. is a lot different than my swing sucks. Okay. And that helps kind of set the tone that anytime I tee it up, whether it's a different experience, I can learn from it because you're right. I don't want to make the same mistake twice. 
So why not learn from it instead of just beating myself down? And a lot of people are extremely negative when it comes to results and tournaments and such, instead of saying, huh, not what I wanted, but this is what I'm going to do differently next time is part of that growth mindset feedback loop. Okay. And so I ask tons of questions before shots, after shots, after rounds, before rounds, because I want people to start thinking in different ways and having, um, and that's the same thing with Colin with the Scottish Open people could, and he said in the media, Hey, I was 71st in that almost dead last. But I looked at it as, wow, I figured it out with the turf conditions. I figured this out. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Most players don't look at it that way. They go, oh my gosh, I'm 71st going in the open championship. What am I going to do? That's not how he thinks. Okay. Yeah. That's not what great players think. They think about what did I learn? I adjust, I move on. Um, and so I think that's a big, big thing that I would like golfers to cut themselves a little slack. Um, I always use the idea of a caddy, right? So Jeremy, if you were going to caddy for me and I just three putted the first hole in this tournament, what would you tell me as we walk to the second hole? So, hey, next time we do two putt or next time we only one putt, right? Like we can, we can be putt less next time, right? Like there we go. Right. always better. But you, you wouldn't tell me that was pathetic and I can't believe you three putted the first hole and you're awful and you should take up tennis. No, I probably wouldn't. Thanks. <laughs> But we internally beat ourselves up all the time. And yet we would fire a caddy that talked to us that way. So I want you to be your best caddy. And it's not about glossing over. I three putted, but I would want to know why we three putted. Was it a misread, a misspeed, uh, two line bound? Was it a mechanical thing? Was I committed to the putt in the first place? Instead of that is a bad putt. I can't believe I started that way. I suck, blah, 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 blah. That is of no use now as we go to the next hole. That's a very challenging one, by the way, everybody. I, I, I'm, you know, I don't put this as this is easy. Right. I'm just saying there's different ways to look at anything. And sometimes we beat ourselves up so much that that result becomes so important. Then the next time we fear have to be putting again. And what that's going to mean, instead of learning, adjust, learning and adjust. Yeah. And it makes me think, I think I've heard somewhere along the lines, you know, people talk about Tiger and you hardly ever hear him say, like he's a terrible person or, or anything on those lines with, with regards to when he's golfing. I, I don't know. Uh, and, but it may be, you know, he, he'll show his frustration. We've definitely seen that. You might slam a club or something along those lines real briefly, but how fast that, that, that emotion goes away. And, you know, um, so I'm sure there's a lot of that maybe inherently, or he's been trained at some point along the lines, along those lines. And so, um, but you're right. Every golfer is uh, their worst critic. I mean, I think every person in general is, is that way. It's just, I think, more of a human nature. And we have to kind of teach ourselves otherwise using some of the, the questions and the processes and then really getting ourselves focused on what's, what's really important and, and what we want out of life. Awesome. Well, I want to respect your time. So we're going to go through our quick mulligan round. It's just a series of quick questions. You just kind of give me your best answer. You're allowed to, to, to uh, skip one, which is your mulligan. Okay. And that's why we call it that. So what would you say is the worst club in your bag? Um, four iron. All right. And what's the best round you've ever had? Shot 66 a few times. Um, I, I think what my best round, again, I define things differently than just score, by the way. So uh, it could be playing around a golf with Colin in Vegas. That would be my best round with him as caddy. We had fun. That's my best. Yep. That's why I don't put a 
parameters around that one because I, I got different answers on that one before. If you could choose one superhero power, what would that be? Um, being present all the time. I said, you already said it earlier. So <laughs> you talked about being present and focused. Uh, what's your go-to karaoke song? Uh, I'm a big Guns N' Roses fan. So something like a welcome to the jungle, I think would get things going. Yeah. What's the weirdest golf term you think? Um, well, I mean, I don't know why it's in my head, but we talked about mulligan, right? I don't even know the where mulligan came from. So that's, a, I think, an odd word. Yep. <laughs> and you got a favorite exercise or drill that you like to do before a round to kind of get you um, feeling good in your swing? Or putting? Yeah, it's more, yeah, it's more like just a helicopter uh, rotation. I'm just back and forth this way like that. I feel my spine goes, right? All right. Uh, what's one takeaway you want everybody to get from today? That you have the power to think how you want to and react how you want to. Love that. All right. And the last one is if you could have uh, a professional hit your T-ball or your a putt for you in a round, which would you choose? Not any professional, just in general. Would you rather have putt. them? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that is all the mulligan round. Thank you, Rick, so much for coming on today. Before we, we wrap up here, let everybody know how they can follow you, kind of keep up with your stuff, uh, any kind of thing, you know, shameless plugs. Here we go. There we go. No, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on. Um, my website is my full name, ricksessinghouse.com. Uh, I do a little bit on social, not much, but sometimes I'll be posting some stuff uh, when I'm at sites with Colin. Uh, and that's on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, a little bit Twitter. And it's just my full name as far as my handle's concerned. So Rick Sessinghouse. Um, yeah, I wrote a book several, year, several years ago, Golf the Ultimate Mind Game. You can find that on Amazon, writing another book right now. And so uh, just, you know, if anybody has questions or something like that, reach out to me on my website and um, love to help. Awesome. Well, that's it for this episode of Golf on the Park podcast. We'll have Rick's information in the show notes. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Rick, for coming on again. Just remember, everybody, consistency, a simple consistency leads to greatness. Have a great day. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Hopefully you've enjoyed this content on the go. If you found it helpful, please share with a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. This allows us to reach more golfers just like you that want to play under par. Do you want to be stronger and healthier? Well, I've got a resource, Golf Fitness Tips. It's a free Facebook group where we talk about how to take care of our bodies so that we can play more golf, we can play golf longer in life, and we can play better on the course. If that interests you, then check out the link below or search for Golf Fitness Tips on Facebook.